0: I've devoted a massive portion of my life to comedy. Watching it, reading it, watching documentaries about it, reading books about it, listening to podcasts about it, writing it, performing it, rewriting it, watching other people do it live, taking photos of people doing it, helping other people write it during joke workshops, daydreaming about it, uh, thinking about it in the shower, out on walks. Should I have done something else with my life? Uh, should I be doing something else right now with my life, other than making a video about comedy? <laughs> aren't there uh, aren't there larger problems to be solved? The trouble is, you don't really get to pick what you're drawn to, you know, or what you're good at. I've tried. I've tried. Uh, I've tried to be different. Um, it's very painful. It's very painful to try to be someone you aren't. You don't get to pick who you are, right? You, you have a nature to you, you know, you can make adjustments, right? But there are certain fundamentals about you that can only bend so far. And, uh, I don't know, in a way, it does seem terribly selfish, narcissistic. You know, That's the part of me I can't bend, you know? The idea of forcing people to listen to you with a microphone, like, what a strange, strange torture to inflict on other people, you know? Look at me. Listen to me. I'm important. Sit down. Shut up. Okay, you can laugh. That's the one sound you can make. The sound that makes you, like me, the most amount possible. That's what you can do. Spontaneous laughter and praise of my artistic genius. I will permit you to do that. Clap, if you would like. You know, that would also be acceptable here in my realm. (laughs) Ridiculous. Why do I enjoy comedy so much? Uh, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with shame than other people seem to be. Uh, I don't get embarrassed easily. Uh, look at me making this video right now about this obscure topic. Like apparently that's also a characteristic of psychopathy, you know? But it will help if, if you wanna do stand-up, you know? You're going to do lots of embarrassing things or things that other people would consider embarrassing, you know, as a comic. I think a comic has to embrace embarrassment, which, you know, can be selfish if done poorly, right? Just getting on stage and behaving in an embarrassing way, like in a shameless way, if there's nothing redeeming in it, if there's no deeper comic insight for the audience to appreciate, then yeah, you kind of come across as a big a-hole who's wasting everybody's time, you know. But embracing embarrassment as a comic is critical because that means embracing your imperfections, right? That's the whole project. You're trying to be okay with all of your terrible shortcomings, and then that gives other people to be per- gives other people <laughs> permission to be okay with themselves as well, right? It's it's a commentary on the human condition, trying to maintain optimism despite our limited, fragile existence. You know, just laugh at it, keep on dancing. Who cares if you only have one leg and a missing eye, right? That's fine. You're fine. I do stand-up because it helps me come to terms with who I am, right? Is it a good idea to use comedy as a sort of therapy? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Regardless, stand-up has forced me to dive into my own psychology in ways nothing else has in my life. You know, I'm always you know, picking through my brain. I was a philosophy major in college, and I was always reading these complicated books. You know, I was in conversation with these really smart dudes from hundreds of years ago, and uh, you know, they had lots of interesting things to make me think about. But stand-up is more potent in some ways. You you put something out there that you think, and then you get maybe slapped in the face. <laughs> You know, with the reaction. I mean, one way or another, you're getting you're getting slapped with the reaction. It's very different from reading books by unresponsive, uh, really smart dead people. It's amazing how much it can be disorganized, you know, under the underneath the surface of your mind, especially once you start looking, like a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, you know, following those threads. And there's a massive incentive to figure out what's really going on in here, what's true and what's not true, what's what's jiving with reality and what's not. Because if you don't figure it out, the audience is gonna look at you like you're a crazy person. You know, they're not gonna laugh if they don't understand you, right? Laughter is recognition. A lot of times, you know, you hear comics after a joke, bombs. They'll say, you know, well, that one was just for me. You know, it's a good joke. You know, you dimwits just don't get it. You <laughs> and maybe you're sort of right in that situation. Maybe it is a well-structured joke. And maybe with the right people who understood you more, it would kill. But that doesn't really matter right here, right now. You know, it's sort of irrelevant. And maybe it is more than a bit selfish not to recognize that. You know, that that's part of the art form of stand-up. Are you a comic or are you a person who gets up on stage and gloats at people about how great you are? Comedy is ultimately a dialogue. It's not a monologue. That's what's so interesting about it, even though it's just one person up there. There are there, sort of strict limits on the two-way communication that happens, the form that it takes, but it is two-way communication. Comedians need the audience for feedback. It's critical for us to to understand our material on a deeper level, like you can never really master what you're trying to get at without that connection to other people, right? The audience is necessary to understand yourself and understand your own material. Like I definitely used to get on stage like I was trying to prove something to people, you know? Like I was trying to win the prize of laughter, you know? That's a that's a terrible way to do comedy, I gotta tell you. It's, that's a bad way to approach it. I think I did that initially because I came from this sort of academic philosophical background where, you know, you wrote essays to try to win an argument. And uh, I've since learned (laughs) that's actually a terrible way to debate. You know, the goal, the goal should never be to win. Right. That's that's and that sounds weird, but it shouldn't be. That's one of the things that's gone terribly wrong in our political culture, like the goal. Should be increased understanding and competence in dealing with difficult issues. You know, it, it, who cares? Who cares who wins? <laughs> this is me getting mad about this. Um, but that's that's all ego. You know, what works? That's what matters. What works? You know, and I think that's true in comedy as well. Like there's this idea of killing on stage. You know, killing in comedy. You know, it it implies taking from the audience you know i killed you i got your laughs you couldn't help it you tried to cover your mouth but your laughs came out anyway and now they're mine all mine (laughs) silly Uh, that's not the best way to do it you know that's not the best way to do anything you know that's that's your ego getting in the way of a much more beautiful experience in my opinion Uh, if, if you get the chance to to have it. The thing is, you might get huge laughs, but you always have to ask at what expense? Like when you're up there, when you're trying to prove a point up on stage, you're trying to elevate yourself above others, right? You're trying to win, prove how clever and witty you are. That's fine, whatever. But it is ultimately selfish. You know, like what are you leaving the audience with? What are they sitting with when you're done running your little skits up there? Right? I'm interested in thinking about that. The more impressive thing to do is to flatten your own ego. Right, The best comics are ultimately humble fools. They're self-aware. Right, they're self-aware. They don't use a microphone and a stage to tower above everyone. Right, They get up there and say, Isn't it crazy how thoroughly inadequate I am? And by extension, all of us are? Right? And yet, somehow, that seems to be okay. Huh. that's kind of funny. I'm not saying jokes say this directly, but it's the general subtext, right? Most of the very best jokes I've encountered are subtly implying something along those lines. There's a, there's a professor on YouTube, John Vervecki, I don't know, Verveki. I think. I'll link his lecture series in the video description. I heard him talking on a podcast about the difference in Greek philosophy between the ideas of philia nikea which is the love of victory and philea sophia which is the love of wisdom so those are those are two very different ways to live your life you know he talked about he talked about watching two fighters in combat you know now there's the the philea nikea aspect of the fight you know who's going to win who will the victor be but there's also something else going on in the fight There's the process of the fight itself. There's the dance that the fighters are in with each other, right? That's a different kind of excellence and beauty that can be appreciated. No one wants to see a fight in which one fighter immediately defeats the other, right? You wanna see each participant push the other to see their limits right you want to, you want them to push each other to their limits you want to see them compete at the highest level you know you want a you want a close match and the fighters want that too you know they both want to win but they also want an optimal challenge you know that's what that's what we all live for right to perform at the peak of our capacities you know everyone finds that that thrilling you know doing something we're very good at we love that But we can only reach peak performance if someone else is pushing us, right? The goal should be that peak performance more so than winning. You know, I'd I'd rather run a faster time neck and neck with someone else and get second place than win a race because the other guy tripped and fell. You know, that's a hollow victory. How does this relate to comedy? Like. It is weird, uh, the current relationship between comedians and audiences. It's, it's so strange how much uh, political and cultural unrest has sort of bled over into comedy. It's very, very interesting to me. You know, genres of uh, drama, tragedy, comedy are getting melded together, you know, both in stand-up and in television and film. And I, I don't think those things are completely unrelated uh, because people are somewhat dissatisfied with comedy as an art form, as a way of processing things. But ultimately, I think all of that is very cool and very good, you know, because it's a challenge. You can't just go up on stage and mouth off your selfish little thoughts in some hacky stock form and expect to be showered and laughs. You know, that's, that's the ego-driven, by Leah, Nikea approach. You have to respond to the challenge from audiences they're harder to make laugh. You know, everyone's kind of walking on eggshells these days. Everyone's mad, We're all angry and upset about 10 million things. Plenty of those things are legitimate things to be upset about. But I don't think the solution is to stop laughing. That's a really bad idea. Terrible idea, don't stop. Don't give up on humor. <laughs> Genuine laughter is wonderful. You know, people need it. Physiologically, we need it. But comedians have to find the genuine laughs in a shifting culture. That's always the challenge. You know, how do I dance right along with the audience, move as they move, still do something that is authentically me within this art form without it being all about me all the time, right? By Leah Sophia, Where is the wisdom here? So yeah, there's always, you know, the temptation to be selfish in comedy, to use it as an ego boost, to elevate yourself and make yourself feel more important than you are. But it doesn't have to be that. It can, in fact, I think, push you to be a better version of yourself. Also, I should say I've spent much more of my time as an audience member at comedy shows and open mics than I have on stage performing. You know, I've listened to far more albums and specials and podcasts than I've ever produced myself, so, you know, taking my turn up there with a microphone, no, no, it doesn't seem terribly selfish to me, uh, considering all of the buffoonery from others I've subjected myself to over the years, you know? Like if you if you're willing if you listen to other people in the same way, you know, patiently waiting for your opportunity to make a contribution. I know it seems to me that stand up is just another way to communicate. It's a weird form of communication, but it's not inherently selfish. Of course, this could all just be very elaborate self-delusion on my part. That's it. You've reached the end of the episode. Welcome to the podcast outro. An outro is the opposite of an intro. Kind of like an innie versus an outie when it comes to belly buttons. Comedy Obsessed, a podcast featuring Mike Frank of anotherlazymillennial.com. If you haven't figured it out, this is a podcast about... Stand up comedy. I'm a stand up comic. I don't think stand up is well understood by that many people. Comedy nerds like me, you know, we respect it as an art form. Lots of other people have a rather low opinion of it. I understand why. You know, there's lots of rough, bad, gross, disappointing comedy out there. I've made plenty of it. But I also don't think that that low opinion of the art of comedy is justifiable. I think stand up is a beautiful, challenging, rewarding, complex art form that deserves as much respect as any other performing art. It's incredibly impressive when someone is able to write and perform stand-up that is wildly funny and even simultaneously insightful. I'm not saying that happens all the time or even the majority of the time, but when it does happen, I think it's incredible. So this is a podcast where I discuss my own struggles with trying to do that incredible thing. I'm going to talk about my experience, what I've learned over the years writing and performing stand-up, things I've picked up on to try to do it better, nuances to the art form you can't fully appreciate until you've actually experienced them in some capacity, but I'm still, probably futilely, going to try to relate those lessons to others interested in stand-up, whether you've done it or not. I'm a bit of a nerd, I've got a background in philosophy from when I was in college, I also maintain a deep interest in psychology and neuroscience. I poke around in economics, history, and literature. There's a list of book recommendations on my website that you can check out if you're interested in any of those things. Weirdly enough, I find ways for these subjects to inform my understanding of stand-up. Hopefully, you find the discussion of these ideas to be as satisfying to your own curiosity as I have to mine. I should also mention that I'm a dentist. That's my day job. I have a YouTube channel where I'm trying to teach people how to take care of their teeth and improve their oral health. Oral health, that's mouth health. I want to help you with your mouth health, because I think that our healthcare system is failing, and I don't think that trends within the industry are heading in a good direction. I don't think I can really reverse those trends with anything I do working as a dentist. And you might be thinking, how are YouTube videos supposed to help people improve their dental health? Preventative medicine. It's the most powerful weapon we've got to reverse the healthcare crisis in America. I truly believe that. I'm trying to make a positive contribution to that struggle. So you can find me on YouTube. My channel is Another Lazy Millennial. It's all one word when you search it. Google will ask you if you meant Another Lazy Millennial as three separate words, and you can defiantly state to Google, no, I meant it as one word because I want to find Mike Frank's YouTube channel Thank you very much that's what you should tell google Uh, there's dental stuff there there's stand-up stuff there i'm a weirdo but i've decided i'm finally committed to being me instead of hiding what i'm really like so congratulations this is me y'all my website is anotherlazymillennial.com if you give me your email address on that website i'll be sure to keep you up to date about future comedy tours and projects i hope to create you can find me on instagram at comedic exposure that's C O M E D I C E X P O S U R E, comedic exposure. I take photos of comics there. I'll be posting stand up clips there. I'll also likely be posting clips out of this podcast there. I'm on TikTok at Mike underscore the underscore dentist, as well as a separate TikTok account where I'll be posting stand up clips at Mike Frank Comedy. That's M I K E. F-R-A-N-K-E, comedy. All right, thanks for listening. Honestly, I really appreciate it if you've listened, listened to this whole spiel. Please share with anyone who you think would like any of this stuff I'm doing. Ask me questions on YouTube and TikTok. I'll do my best to be responsive and helpful. So yeah, that's about it. Go ahead and get outside, go on a walk, get some exercise, get some sleep, hug somebody you care about, read a book, Do something challenging and worthwhile. Have a lovely day.